Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. I too want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Well, not everyone, but you moms, a happy Mother's Day. If you haven't uh, picked up, we have a little gift for you moms in the back, a little uh, jar with something in it uh, for you guys. So please take that if you haven't, or if there's some still in the back and you forgot to get your mom something for Mother's Day. You're welcome. Um, There you go. I know that this is uh, a difficult day for some of you. Some of you have lost your mom. Uh, Some of you moms have lost your children. Some of you have lost your wives who were moms. And this day brings a lot of emotion. And I want you to know that we are sensitive to that and recognize that. And it is valid. I also want to honor moms and the work they do. I think being a mom is probably one of the things that is most like Jesus that we can see in our world. Uh, And so I commend you moms for your self-sacrifice, your tireless, uh, well, I shouldn't say tireless, you get tired, but for your continuing effort to care for your kids sacrificially. It is a testament, again, of what God's love looks like, and we are grateful. Could I have all the moms who are here stand up, and let's give them a round of applause, please. Again, thank you for all you do. We do appreciate it. Your kids appreciate it, even though they only say it on Mother's Day, okay? Or hopefully a few times in between. This morning, I'm going to start a new series called Close to the Heart. And what I want to do is really kind of talk about some practical things, at least things that I thought of that were practical in my life. And I hope they're useful to you as well. Um, It it is one of these times where I I kind of want to just shoot straight. I want to be open I want to challenge us as human beings uh, to receive all that God has for us. And and I think many times we don't receive all that God wants for us because we're aiming too low, right? God has so much more, and if we would maybe aim higher, we might actually receive more and talk about some of those things. So I want to talk about Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to camp in this verse. It says, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. This is one of those verses that seem like, yeah, of course. 
But I think there is so much in this verse. Now, when I was a lumberjack, well, maybe it wasn't quite a lumberjack, but a while back, quite a while back, I used to go with a friend from work and we would go up to Big Bear and we would get wood for our fireplace. Now, we did it legally. We didn't just go chop down trees. They gave us a map and there were certain areas where you could actually go to and any tree that had fallen, you were able to cut up and take that wood back. And so he told me about it and I said, yeah, that's a great idea. We got a fireplace. I don't want to pay for wood. It seems like a no-brainer. So I got a chainsaw. I don't know where I got the chainsaw because I don't have one, but I got one and I hope I gave it back to whoever it was that I borrowed it from because I don't have it anymore. But I got a chainsaw from somebody and he had a chainsaw. And so we went up and he had his map and he knew all the locations and we went trucking here and we found a tree that was down and it was like, yeah, this is manly. I had a flannel shirt on and I was ready to go. I had some gloves and I was ready and I got that chainsaw started. And he got his chainsaw started and he's just going, cutting through these trees. My chainsaw, not so much, right? It was kind of like, I was watching him and I was like, man, something's going. It turns out he goes, yeah, your chain's dull. Here, let me get that for you. And he kind of took all the, you know, fire out of my chainsaw experience. But then he told me, oh, there's a guy down the hill who can sharpen your chainsaw. I, who knew, right? And so I took, got my chainsaw sharpened. The next year I was ready and I did this a couple of years in a row. Brought the wood home. We got it all. I learned how to split wood. And I was really manly back then. I just had this going. And I saw that it is hard work. Even though I wasn't felling trees and even though I wasn't using axes, why use an axe if you got a chainsaw, but you still need to have it sharp if it's going to be effective. And the first thing I want us to see and understand is I, I think we can suppose from this that God actually wants to bring success into our lives, that that is his desire for all of us is to bring about success. That God's plan isn't for us to just struggle and not succeed. That God actually does want to bring success. Now that can look different depending on where we are, who we are in our lives. But it is his desire to bring about success. And when we look at scripture, we see so many examples of success, right? We have Joseph. We have Moses. We have Daniel. We have Ruth. We have Esther. And we look at these examples and we see how influential they were and how God used them in such incredible ways. But I think our default is if God is going to make us successful, it means that it's going to be easy. What we want is success. We don't really want the work it takes to get there. Right? Because if we look at these people, for some reason, we don't remember where they came from. Right. Joseph was betrayed by his family and sold into slavery and basically a slave for 14 years. Moses, not to be beat by that, was a fugitive for 40 years. Right. Wandering in the wilderness. For murder. Daniel was taken captive and enslaved by the Babylonians. And here he was a prisoner away from his people. Ruth was a refugee and a widow who left her country to go and follow someone else. 
Esther was a sex slave. She was brought into a foreign king's harem. And so I don't know where you are at, but I bet it's a step above Babylonian captivity, right? Am I right? I think we could say that we are starting from a better position than they did. And so we are already leveraged for a better success, if you could say that, or an easier one than perhaps they were. But still, I think we struggle. We struggle with wanting more, but not willing to put the effort in for that. He says if the axe is dull, the question this morning is, are we willing to do what is necessary so that we can succeed where God has us? Are we willing to put in the effort to receive all that God wants to give us right here where we are? Because it, it seems as if God gives strength, God gives success when people show intention, right? When people put their back into it, when people are steadfast, when people are consistent. Joseph, it didn't happen overnight. It took years before he got to a position where he was under Pharaoh. Same thing with everybody. We saw that it took faithfulness. It took fervorance. It took diligence. It took grit for them to actually get above the circumstances and change the circumstances where they're at. And I'm wondering if we don't like where we're at, are we willing to to put the time in, the effort in to get to the place where we really feel God wants us to be? Because it's going to be difficult. Most successful family businesses end up going out of business by the third generation. The first generation, they take the business, it's their dream, and they live and breathe that business. They go to work all the time. They're there more than 40 hours a week. They don't even bring a salary sometimes. They just take what's necessary to survive. And and the business doesn't actually show profit for a long time. Their kids kind of help out. They work weekends too. They, They spend long hours there because they're needed. And so they kind of hold that business. But then the third generation, those kids, the business has always been there. So they assume that the money's always there. And then when someone comes up and says, you know, why should I buy this instead of the competition? They're like, uh, grandma, I don't, you know, ask grandma, she'll tell you. Because it's not theirs. And they don't want to work the weekends and they don't want to put the time in. And pretty soon the business can't sustain itself because they don't have the drive. They no longer have that push trying to get it to go and succeed. We want the outcome of a great skill, but we don't want the journey towards that great skill. And now, this isn't everything that we do, right? I mean, the question now is, what is your axe? What is it that God has put in your hands that you are able to do and make better? Maybe you're a barista. We need good Starbucks baristas especially on Mulberry and Foothill on Sunday mornings. Last week, 
I was driving with my granddaughter and I always put my order in ahead of time, right? So it would be there. And so I put my order in before we left the house and that way I could get there, get it and get here to church and life will be good, right? I got there and the guy was the happiest guy in the world, but he was not the fastest guy in the world, all right? And so it's like I put my order in 15 minutes ago and I'm waiting. He goes, oh, yeah, we'll get to it. How you doing? I'm fine, buddy. I'm just fine, but I want my coffee. Anyway, I digress. Okay. If you're going to be a barista or you're going to be a hairdresser or you're going to be an accountant, what can you do to be better? What can you do to get success? If you want to move up and become a manager, if you want to start your own business, if you want to do more, then what can you do to make it more successful for you? How can you invest yourself in there? What are you trying to cut down? What, what are the things in your life that need a sharp axe? What are the things that have to, you have to put effort if you're going to get good in it? And not just in our vocation. What about just being a better human? What do we have to do to become a better person? A a lot of us can look back at our parents and see the mistakes they made, right? Now, my mom's here, and it's Mother's Day, so God forbid I would say anything, right? Not today, not on Mother's Day. I wouldn't dare. But we can all look back and we can say, oh, they, they didn't do this or they should have done this or, or they let us do this. And what were they thinking, right? We can all look back and see those things. And the thing is, they probably weren't bad parents. They just probably were lacking in some human skills, right? Maybe they weren't good in relationships. Maybe they weren't good in communication. Maybe they never learned how to be that kind of a parent. And we look and we say, oh yes, they did or they didn't do or they should have done. But then it comes back to us and we end up following those same patterns, not even recognizing it. And I look back and I think, I should have been a better parent. I didn't have the best relationship skills. I didn't have the best communication skills. There were a lot of times I was absent even when I was present. And so all those thoughts about why didn't they do these things start to fall on me and what I need to do. And so maybe when I start thinking of the axe that's in my hand and what needs to be sharpened, maybe it's those areas of my home. Maybe I need to work on being a better father, a better husband, a better friend. A person who is present, a person who is engaging, a person who who is thoughtful and not just tired and wanting to put things off. See, if you're going to be a good parent, it's going to require effort. It's going to require time. If you want to be a good husband, a good wife, it's going to require effort. It's going to require time. I know some of us are crushing it at work, right? At work, you're just all aces, but then you go home and you're not crushing it anymore. And and I understand sometimes those things are fatiguing. You know, when I'm doing dog training, I'll talk sometimes for like three hours at a time, not to the dogs, to the people, right? (laughs) 
And so I'm talking to these people and I'm explaining all the things that I want them to understand and learn. And I'm talking, I'm talking, and I'll have two lessons in a day. So I'm talking for like six hours in a day and then I go home and my wife wants to talk. And I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I have to show up. I can't leave it all there because this is where it's important. And so I have to put in the effort and I can't take it for granted and say, you know, I love you. I ditto, right? I, I can't do that. I have to show up. I have to be present in that situations. And sometimes what we need is to be present, take what we have, the opportunity we have, so that we can engage in what is important before us. What is the tree that we need to cut down? Some things are continuous, repetitious, so that we get better at it. Something that we're constantly working on that we start to improve. If it is that relationship and every day we can start to invest in it and work at it and get better and better at it. When I used to do music, that's what I did all the time, right? I, I would practice. I'd learn songs. I'd practice the songs. Then we'd have the band practice. And, and the practice and the repetition made it so that I could do what I needed to do. I have to practice what I'm doing here. This isn't an accident. <laughs> it seems like it. Uh, you know, I, I have to read. I have to, to think. I, I, I read books constantly. I listen to, to books. I listen to podcasts. I'm constantly trying to get information that can make me not just have more information, but make me a better speaker. Help me to do what I do. All those dog illustrations that I come up with. Why do they come up? Because when I'm sitting there working with the dog, these things come at me. Just like some of the dogs come at me, right? So I'm looking at a German shepherd and I see his pupils dilate and I think, okay, here he comes and he's going for my arm because German shepherds always go for the arm. They don't go for the throat, right? And so while this is happening, I'm thinking, huh, why don't they go for the throat? That's, that's like us, right? We always settle for less instead of going for what's important. It's like... Like, thank you, God, for that illustration. Not the best timing on this as the teeth are flashing and the lunge is coming. You see, this is what I do for you guys. I don't know if you appreciate all that I, I put on the line so that you can have something of quality. But what's happening is this is what, this is my tree. This is what I want to do, and so I want to do it well. And so I, I go to hear talks on how to be a better communicator because it's important to me that I learn how to do this well, that I'm effective in what I'm doing. I, I want to bring the truth of who God is and what he's done through Christ to the hearts of people who don't know and don't see it in a way that they can understand that doesn't seem outlandish, that doesn't seem just ridiculous because it's not. It's a reality that's changed my life and is still changing my life. And I need to bring that to bear. So how can I do that? And I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm hopefully getting better. But you see, that's the tree. What is your tree? What is the thing that you are trying to cut down? What is the thing that you're needing to get better at? What is it that's before you that God has put in your hand? And maybe it's a dream. 
Maybe it's the desire to see something take place. You want to start your own business so that you can provide jobs for other people. Something that you can invest in to do. How do you get there? Well, how do you sharpen an edge? Usually it requires a hard surface and friction. Right? I wasn't there when they sharpened the chainsaw, but I've seen TV commercials of how to sharpen knives. Right? Usually there's a stone or something, and usually it takes some kind of friction against that object. It almost looks like it would make it dull. Right? How would dragging a knife on a stone make it sharper? But you see, that is what's necessary. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. oops, that's not it, says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Sometimes for things to get better, there has to be friction. There has to be the difficulty of getting there. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. And I think sometimes we're afraid of the difficulty and we're afraid to fail. And so we don't want to step into that. And that's going for every area of life. See, relationships are hard. They take a lot of work. And when I know there's a problem, I'd rather not own that problem. I'd rather pretend it's not there and just ignore it because that's a lot easier than the friction of actually dealing with it. Because if I have to talk about it, it's going to come back on me and the things that I need to change and the things that I need to do and the effort I have to make. And you see, the axe is in my hand, the tree is there, but I'm not willing to sharpen it. And so I'm there with a a dull axe and a huge tree and I just keep pretending I'm working at it. And it's not effective. And it's not accomplishing anything. It's not moving forward. It's not cutting that tree down. That obstacle is there. It was there last month. It was there last year. It was there five years ago. And it hasn't changed. Because you haven't sharpened the axe. You haven't taken on that tree. You've ignored it. And it happens in so many areas of our life. You know, there's some things that I'm good at. Some things I've got down. And I really don't have to worry about those things. Brushing my teeth. Bam. Twice a day, I nail it. I don't miss a tooth. I've got my routine. I've got it down. I even floss now. All right. Taking a shower. I got it. Okay, I've had a few mistakes, a few falls, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about those. But uh, overall, I've got that down. You see, there's not a real challenge there. There are things that I do that are routine. I don't worry about those things. But this idea of perfectionism sometimes keeps us from doing something that we really need to. The fear of failing has paralyzed our culture. And so you, you want to know 
what will prove that you're not perfect? Anything. Just do something. There's no profound answer. Just do anything. You'll see you're not perfect. You see, anything can prove that you're not perfect. The only way to maintain the illusion of perfection is to do nothing. The only way to maintain the illusion that the relationship is okay if it's not is to do nothing. The only way to maintain your idea that you want to take on something but not really is do nothing and nothing will change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And so this illusion of perfection, we'd rather hold on to that than fail at trying to do more. You see, Joseph, he was enslaved. After seven years, he got out and then he went back to prison. There there was a failure in his life even after there was a success. There, There is no success without the effort and the failing. Those are the things that happen. You know, it's really problematic in the church culture. Too many people are afraid of saying something wrong that they end up saying nothing at all. And so they have questions. Things don't make sense that they're being told and they're wondering why is this still being told and they're afraid to ask questions because of what people will think of them, of how they'll be labeled. They'll be called a heretic or or they'll be called a liberal or whatever, progressive. You know, and and it, it hurts being called these different things. And so when you have people who are your friends and they say, well, you know, Sam is this now. It's like, you didn't talk to me about it. Just because I'm asking questions, just because I'm speaking about things. And now it's becoming a label. And social media is great for this, right? We have the theological police out online looking for every little thing that's a, a discrepancy. Sometimes I post things just for them. <laughs> I just want to stir something up. You know, I um, went to, been to a few uh, speaking conferences and I, I took a picture. I was there with Rob Bell. And I, so I took a picture of Rob Bell and I posted it and I said something great. And sure enough, man, that night I came back and in my message box was, do you agree with Rob Bell? Which is such an open statement. I like... About what, street tacos? You know, what, what are you talking about? Do I agree with Bob Bell about, you know, what area? You know, and I could probably fine-tune what things they're talking about. But, you know, it's like I don't talk to this person at all. At all. I haven't spoken to them in, for five years. Last time was five years ago when they asked me something else like this, right? Are you doing this? You know, anyway. And I just I didn't respond. I, I, I'm not going to go there. You see, the people who criticize people for chopping down a tree are the people watching them who are doing nothing. The people who stand by just to criticize instead of trying to actually have conversation. Something comes up, the red flag goes on, and they throw this out. And I don't want to be one of those people. So people ask me, well, you know, do you agree with everything Rob Bell says? No. What don't you agree with? No, I'm not going to tell you. You 
talk to him. You read him. You listen to him. You know him. And then you find out what you don't agree with. Don't expect me to answer for you what you need to engage and find out yourself. I read books that I don't agree with. I think it's okay. I think that's how I grow as a human being. I I think it helps me solidify the things that are important to me and it challenges me on the things that maybe I thought were accurate that I no longer think are accurate because I had to think through them instead of just blindly following and not worrying about the trees that are in front of me. If I'm going to be a better communicator and if I'm going to talk to people about all these different things in different walks of life, then I need to learn. I need to grow. It's my tree. It's my axe. I need to sharpen it. And you do too, whatever that is. And if you're trying to be a communicator, if you wanting to learn more, then I challenge you. I don't want you to take everything I say and say, well, Sam said it, so it must be true. The clients with my dogs don't even do that. And I wish they would. I got so many stories there. You see, what's in your hands? What's the tree before you? And what are you doing to accomplish what needs to be because God wants you to succeed, not just so that you can have a good life, but that your life can be a blessing to others. It's been his model from Abraham through Christ and it is to the church. How can my life be something that's better? What are you building towards? I'd rather see someone have bad ideas than no ideas because at least they're moving at least they're stirring i've had a lot of bad ideas we've had some failures here at genesis we've tried some things and they didn't work but you know what they were a good try they were a good try and we're going to keep trying things and we might have some more failures you know what i'm okay that's how i learn that's how we all learn If I don't try, if I don't fail, I won't learn and I won't do better. And so I've got to be willing to at least take a risk sometimes and move forward in these things. What are we building towards? If you deny and run from your failures, you'll only live a dull life. A life that never challenges the areas that need challenging. And sometimes that's what we do. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. We've always heard work smarter, not harder, right? But sometimes even when you work smart, you still have to work hard, right? I mean, if you're chopping down trees, you could be smart, but it's still hard work. And so I think we need to change that a little bit. I I think instead of it just being work smarter, not harder, we have to change it to work smarter, harder. Anyway, I got those mixed up. One of the quotes that I wanted to, to keep posting on the board here is one from Teddy Roosevelt. It's one that Brene Brown used in her book, Daring Greatly. And it does say, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat." I wonder if we don't know victory because we don't try. I wonder if our relationships are not what they should be because we don't put the time into it. I wonder if we're not where we need to be in our life because it's too much of a risk and I could lose too much. So I take no risk at all. And so I stay where I'm at. Are we going to move forward in these areas. So instead of just working smarter, not harder, we need to work smarter, harder. There it is. Some things require too much strength because they're not in our skill set. Right? There, there are some things that are just not good for us to do because we're not good at them. And I don't want to invest my time foolishly. There are a lot of people who are famous who aren't talented, right? We live in a culture where sometimes people are just famous because they're stupid, right? And it's like, look how stupid that is. I think I'll watch that again. <laughs> and so let's not mistake fame with success. Let's not mistake just getting people to be aware of you with actually moving forward and, and succeeding. Other things that we are not good at just because we're not good at it. I'm not a good event coordinator. I'm just not. Last Easter, I forgot to decorate for Easter. I forgot to talk about decoration. And so someone came up and said, what are we doing for Easter decorations? I was like, a deer in the headlights. Huh? Easter decorations, right? I almost scheduled a baptism on Mother's Day, right? I'm not, I know, I'm not good at that, right? Don't put me in charge of an event that you want coordinated. I'll talk at it, but don't let me design things for it, right? Don't let me be the one who decorates the tables, Okay, I, I'm not that guy. I'm really not. So I'm not going to put all my effort into that. that that's not my tree. That, that's not, I'm not going to sharpen an axe towards those things. But the other areas where I do need to be involved, that's where I need to show up. That's where I need to take upon that skill. And the idea of skill will bring success. The word skill is the same word used for wisdom which is what the book of Proverbs is about, right? It's about bringing about success because of how you do things. There are things you are going to need to learn to succeed. Do you want to learn them? 
how to get better at work or starting a business or in relationships? Do you want to learn how to do better? See, the reason when we have Connect, we have a psychologist there is because he helps us do things better. I've gone and seen Dr. Quinlan. I've got issues. I've got to deal with things. I want to do things better, and I have to acknowledge those things. See, I'm standing here as your pastor saying, I don't have it all together. Every now and then, freak out a little bit. Every now and then, get a little angry. I'm, I'm working on things. That's how I get better. I can't pretend. I'm, st- I'm through pretending. I need to be real. I want God to use this life, not some imaginary life. I don't want to pretend to be someone and then miss the boat because I'm not really getting sharpened. I don't want to fail to be what God wants me to be. And so to be that, I have to be in the place where the sharpening takes place. I've got to be able to invest in the things that are before me. I've got to care enough about my inadequacies to put some time to bring about a change in myself so that I can be better at the trees that are before me. And that's true for all of us. That's true for all of us. I don't want to just move forward frantically. See, every now and then you have to stop if you're going to sharpen that axe. Every now and then you have to pause and you have to reevaluate how things are going. You have to look at things as they really are and say, you know what? I've been at this tree all day and I haven't made a mark. I need to stop and I need to sharpen the axe. I need to make a change or nothing will change. Sometimes that pause is necessary so that we can sharpen and actually be a better version of ourselves. What in your life needs to change? And if you say nothing, ask your wife. <laughs> she might have told you in your own. Yes. Ask someone who knows you or ask God. See, if we're going to pray, create in me a clean heart, then we have to acknowledge that there's something that needs cleaning. It is pride that blinds us from what's inside us. What needs to change? What's in your hands that God has put there? Family, work, opportunities. What are the trees that are there that you need to focus on that you can start cutting down? And what do you have to do to sharpen your life to be the person that God can use to take on those tasks? Let's pray. Father, I wonder what... I could be if I wasn't afraid. I wonder what I could achieve if I wasn't 
scared to fail or what people would think. I wonder how I could effectively help my relationships if I wasn't afraid to step into those messy areas and and have those difficult friction conversations. God, I wonder what could happen with us if we actually did sharpen the axe and take on the trees that are before us. And what I pray for us as a community that we would stop being blind to these things. Stop ignoring these things. Stop pretending there are no trees that need cutting down. That we would take on the responsibilities that are before us and recognize that it has always been through difficulty and struggle and friction that success has come. It has been through the failures and the failures that finally produce the perseverance that rises up and overcomes the obstacles. Lord, help us not to settle in our place in life with the relationships that are important to us. Lord, may we be a people that are able to bless others because we have moved from a place of dependency to a place of being successful and accomplishing what you have put before us to do. And I pray, Lord, that there be an awakening in our hearts and our minds to to what we can do, that we would not settle for the things that maybe we've been told, maybe by our parents, maybe by our pastors, maybe by our bosses, maybe just by someone who says that you will never, you cannot do, you are not enough for this. Lord, may we put those out of our minds who told us that we could not do these things when you are telling us something different. May we hear your voice through the clamor around us. May we allow your words to be our direction as we desire to receive all that you have for us and not leave anything undone that you have for us to do. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you take the axe that God has put in your hand. May you sharpen it and may you take out the trees that are before you. May you work smarter, harder. May God bless you as you do so. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Happy Mother's Day again to all you moms out there. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.